what is going on guys welcome on back to second and short uh, my name is Tyler Louder he is Aaron Ben I'd like to ask him how he's doing but this is the second episode of the night so I already know and you guys can just guess along down in the comments below how do you think he's doing today yeah just let, let, let us know how I'm doing and I'll act accordingly but welcome on into our Monday episode we are back on track with AFC on Monday and you know, after our previous episode of George Font going from Seattle all the way to the New York Jets, that offensive tackle, you know, you can check out that episode here. We just talked about it on Thursday, uh, but we're going to stay here in the same division. So more than likely, you Dolphins fans aren't going to be clicking on a Jets thing. But just in case you want to check out one of your rivals, that's where you'll go. Anyways, Miami Dolphins fans, let's start off your week with Byron Jones. Uh, in our opinion, the best new addition to your team that wasn't the draft. Easy to a fans. I saw so many people like raising their left hand. Yeah, they just, people kind of got out of their seats for a second. There was like seven left-handers raising their hand for a second. So, But let's talk about Byron Jones. Let's go into his background here as he makes his move from, you know, the Dallas Cowboys all the way over to the Miami Dolphins. So hit us up, Aaron. Background. Well, Byron Jones, selected by the Cowboys, 27th overall out of UConn in 2015. His career started out as kind of a backup cornerback slash safety or whatever behind Brandon Carr and Morris Claiborne. And then injuries kind of forced him to start the last 10 games of his rookie season. It started at a variety of positions, cornerback, three starts at safety, kind of did it all. 2017, 2017. Sorry, 2016-2017, he started all 32 games at, at free safety, and getting his first pick against James Winston in 2016, and then he got his first pick six in 2017. That's a fun fact. I feel like most people in the NFL can say, like, hey, raise your hand if you got your first <laughs> interception from James Winston, <laughs> and like half the cornerbacks raise their hand in the league. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Poor James Winston. <laughs> well, okay. 2018, he made the switch back to cornerback, which is the way he played at UConn. He had a really good year there, named his first Pro Bowl, and he stayed there throughout the rest of his contract, which ended just this past offseason. And then, Tyler, what happened? Well, after he had a great year, you know, we're sitting here, and he was stuck in this this room of Dallas Cowboys, all, like, you know, it's like it's like a it's like a green room, like the NFL draft, and there's like, I hope my name gets called. I hope I get that contract. <laughs> and the Dallas Cowboys um went ahead and they paid they paid Zeke, and then they went ahead and they paid Amari uh, Cooper because he's been there so long. And then uh, it was down between Byron Jones and Dak Prescott, and Jones was like, you know what, I'm not gonna wait for you guys anymore. I've waited long enough, which it wasn't very long actually when free agency hit. And he went all the way, all the way to the southeast, and just, you know, he's dipping his toes in that beautiful Miami beach, and he signed a beautiful contract. Like, moms, dads, have your kid if they're gonna play football, have them play cornerback because this is a nice contract. It is a nice contract. Or play quarterback because we all just saw what Patrick Mahomes got. However, or play, or play kicker because then you don't get hit in the head as much, and you get to play longer. So you know. All right, but let's talk about the contract that he signed with the Miami Dolphins to play across from Zayvon Howard. 
Yeah, he signed a five-year, $82 million contract with the Dolphins. That makes him the highest-paid cornerback in the league by per-year average, which, fun fact, that's exactly what the Dolphins did with Xavier Howard last year, which made him the highest-paid cornerback in the league by per-year average. Um, he's got a cap hit of 17.6 this year, and then every year after that, it's just above $16 million a year. He can be cut after year three only 4.2 million in dead money so that's their potential out there if he doesn't perform like they hope well and what's crazy is actually his contract he is now officially the second highest paid cornerback per year because once that whole hat thing happened we saw Darius Slay get traded kind of signed some type of extension and Darius Slay is making 183,000 more a year than Byron Jones which is pennies these guys but yeah so the the spec get bits back out of the train miami dolphins you guys you know you you guys are paying your cornerbacks more than anybody else in the league like you guys have the number two and number three per year average highest paid cornerbacks however well it's not even however they're worth it 100 percent worth it we already know what zavin howard can do i mean this guy is a lockdown type player and byron jones is Gonna bring that same thing. I mean, over the past over the past two years when he was playing cornerback, he didn't really get targeted as much as like you would you would anticipate other guys get targeted. Uh it was a combined 142 targets over two years. And over those two years, he allowed 76 catches. So just a little bit over half, like 52% of his time he allowed catches. But getting over those 70 catches that's still under a thousand yards. It's like under 900 yards. That's pretty impressive to me. If you ask me the whole thing, if you look at it, do you, you can allow catches, but do those guys get a lot of yards? Do they score a lot of touchdowns? Do they get, you know, what is the depth of target that they're getting? And he's not really allowing a lot of touchdowns. He's allowed five touchdowns in his two years at corner. Um, and, but here's the best thing about this. He's a sure tackler. He's missed, he's missed five tackles in the past two years. He only missed one tackle last year. And that's impressive to me because you're going up against guys that can just constantly, constantly beat you. That's a, that's a wide receiver is supposed to do. That's their job is to just beat one guy. And the fact that he 99% of the time doesn't get beat is what I like to see. Yeah, and I mean, if we're talking about his stats, like you don't, his stats don't really pop out in terms of interceptions, which is what people like to see. But look at, like, yards per target allowed, receptions per game allowed, coverage rating. Like, those are all top 10 in the league. Um, and he's been great because he, does he doesn't get thrown at a lot. I mean, look at, in our kind of little document, I posted a list of receivers he's covered over the last couple of years. And if you go down that list, you can see how many receptions and how many yards he gave up to these receivers. Look at Michael Thomas this past year. He gave up two receptions and 21 yards to Michael Thomas. Uh, we're talking about Odell Beckham in 2018. He gave up zero receptions on five targets. Gave up to Michael Thomas 2018, zero receptions. Julio Jones 2018, he gave up one reception, 19 yards. I mean, these are top tier wide receivers in the league, and they can't get open against them. They can't get those receptions that, that they're used to getting. Uh, that, that's, just, that's just mind-blowing right there, because we talked about another cornerback, James Bradbury, a couple episodes ago, going to the New York Giants, 
And we talked about how impressive he was for only allowing like three or four catches for like 30 or 40 yards. So these same players. And if you guys want to see what we talked about him, this video is the top right there. You can click that there uh, and check that out. But this is even more impressive. And this shows why he's getting paid the money he's getting paid. Let's talk about this defensive fit uh, before we dive too much into this. But let's, let's really go into how he's going to fit with this defensive scheme here. He's not going to have to cover every number one wide receiver. He's not going to have to because Howard can do that just as well. He can literally post down on the right side, which is where he played mainly uh, last the past two years for Dallas. He kind of manned the right side. And he can just take whoever comes to him. And if it's not a top-tier guy, he's probably going to shut him down because he's shutting down top-tier guys that we see. Uh, let's talk a little bit more how he's going to fit in with this defense. Yeah. Well, one thing that head coach – we know about head coach Brian Flores uh, being – uh, from that Belichick coaching tree is the Patriots love versatility in their players. We've talked about it a bunch, so we're not going to go into that again. But Patriots, they love their versatility, and that's something that you can see with Brian Flores. He also loves versatility, and that's what Byron Jones is. He can play any position in the secondary. Um, he can play free safety, cornerback. He can play either side of that in that cornerback position. He could play slot cornerback. But where he's going to be right now is corner, is that um, outside cornerback opposite Xavier Howard. They're going to love being able to just put him out there on his own, not, not needing to give him any safety help. Xavier Howard, same thing. He's going to be out there. doesn't need a whole lot of help. They drafted Noah Igbenogany from Iowa in the, early in the draft. And so he's going to come in and be that nickel cornerback most likely so they've got three very very good cornerbacks that they're gonna just have a uh they're gonna have a ball against against the pass like they're gonna opposing quarterbacks they're not gonna know who to pass to this guy's locking that like jones is gonna lock down this guy howard's gonna lock down this guy and noah's got the the slot receiver it's gonna be it's gonna be a slaughter in the in that defensive backfield uh, i also think that having jones Having both Jones and Howard on the outside, it lets it lets the rookie kind of come up to speed, and it doesn't like force him into starting right away because we know that cornerbacks can have a kind of a harder time adjusting to life in the NFL. So that kind of gives him some time to come up to speed. And I mean, that versatility also allows Jones to come in and make starts at at safety if needed if they have injury or performance issues from one of their safeties. Yeah, being able to be versatile is key in the NFL nowadays. That's like what I always like preach. Like when you see a guy get drafted, what can he do for your team? Not what position does he play, but what can he do? I'm going to say right now, Byron Jones playing safety for the Cowboys for a couple of years was very very beneficial to himself cuz it made him more attractive to teams like the Miami Dolphins once he became a free agent. But it also shows that he is going to be able to as we see based on his numbers that he doesn't really have because he doesn't get thrown to a lot, that he already does well in man coverage. But because he played safety, he also can excel in a variety of uh, like a variety. He can excel in a variety of zone coverages. You know, he's a very smart player. He's disciplined. You know, he's able to disrupt disrupt routes. He can jump on a route early. He gets. You know, he's had over 19 pass deflections over the past two years, which is an, an outstanding number. This is the type of guy that he's going to do it all. And the best part about this is that having these three cornerbacks 
is just if, if like we're gonna see like the term coverage sack come into play during a lot of Dolphins games because they're gonna be able to mark down these guys for such a good amount of time that the Dolphins are gonna be getting more sacks, which we'll kind of talk about in our predictions, everything like that. But let's move into impact then. Like, what type of impact do we say he's gonna have in the short term, long term? Let's start short because that's the present is where we are at all times. Yeah, we like to live in the present. Technically. Short term, we mentioned it allows that rookie to get time to adjust to NFL speed. And it doesn't, you don't have to throw him into the fire right away. Oh, I think instantly elevates the level of that secondary. I think they're going to have a crazy good secondary this year. And then if we're talking long term, if we're assuming that Noah gets up to speed by the end of the year, Dolphins make a very strong case for the best secondary in the NFL by by next year. Uh-huh. Maybe if they feel comfortable with Igbenogany uh, playing cornerback, maybe they move him to outside cornerback. Maybe they move Jones back to free safety uh, at the end of the year or sometime next year. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna say that's what I think they'll do, but if that's definitely a possibility, if they think that's the best option for them, because they definitely will be up there and talk for the strongest secondary in the league by the end of the year. I mean, last year, last year they ranked in the, like, they were like bottom seven. So they were like 26 or whatever in the league in passing yards a lot per game at 262. And that number is going to drop. Uh, and it's going to drop for a number of reasons. Like Tom Brady not being at the Patriots is going to have it drop, obviously. Um, but them, you know, the Dolphins, you know, per se, having this dominant, you know, pass coverage options, all these cornerbacks is going to help drop that number as well. If teams don't get as many yards, more likely they're not getting as many touchdowns. I mean, that's just how numbers work in my eyes. If they can't get down the field, they can't score the ball, you know, to, to John Madden, this stuff. What's going to be interesting to see is how well he can do in the run, how well these cornerbacks can help this team, because the Dolphins are rebuilding. However, they are rebuilding fast, in my eyes. I mean, they got the quarterback. They, they didn't do what everybody else thought, and it was like, go out and get these running backs. They traded for Matt Breida, and they, have, they signed Jordan Howard. So in my eyes, they're, they're set at running back. At receiver, they have these options. Devontae Parker is developing. You know, Preston Williams is a, is a fan favorite. Offensive line still needs a little work, but they're getting there. And then on the defensive side, you know, they are adding they're adding talent on all different levels. And I think that we're slowly going to see this Dolphins team push. I mean, I've already heard people that are saying the Dolphins could compete for the AFC, AFC East. Like, they could already compete for it. I think they're a year out, maybe two years yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Tua's, pro- Tua's progression is going to make a big hold on that. But, I mean, if this defense is so—I mean, everybody said Tom Brady. And Sorry, guys. I know you're Dolphins fans. You don't like to hear his name. Let's facts are facts. Last year, Tom Brady wasn't who he was normally. You know, he, he was a shell of himself. But the Patriots' defense was number one in the NFL. At, you know, they only allowed 275 yards a game, 276. If the Dolphins can bring their number down from, I mean, it's the Dolphins last year are allowing like a 400 yards. If they cut that by 50, 60 yards, they move into the top, you know, 14 to 20 of the league. They cut it down by 100, and that team easily jumps into the top 10 at defense. If your defense is that good, 
you can rebuild very fast. And Byron Jones is going to help do that short-term and long-term. Let's go into predictions. Let's do it. This, this, is not, this is not going to be the most fun predictions because he doesn't get interceptions. He doesn't get high number of tackles because he doesn't get thrown to you know, as much as some other cornerbacks. I feel like we've been saying that a lot, like our predictions. This isn't going to be a real interesting prediction. Like we did that with Michael Pierce as well. Actually, we haven't done that for Michael Pierce because that comes out on oh, Thursday. Oh, shit. <laughs> I broke that fourth wall. Spoiler alert, man. <laughs> Alrighty. So, predictions. Let's just, let's just start there. The Dolphins, you know, are... 26 last year in the league at passing yards allowed per game. Will he help lower that number? Will they move out of 26 and move towards top 20? Definitely. Even more, I'm going to go bold. I think they'll have a top 10 pass defense next year. I like that. I like that a lot. And you know what? Being able to lock down is key. Um, all right. Let's, I, I like, that's, Man, that's more than I thought you were going to say. I didn't think you were going to say that. You kind of like threw oh, me for sorry. a loop right there. I can there. see you getting all kind of like red and in the face. Flustered. And, yeah. I, yeah. Starting to sweat. All right. Because he's able to kind of lock down and everything, um, will the interception numbers go up? Last year, they only picked off 13 passes. Will that number go up? Not from him, but from the team. For the team, yeah, I think it, they will because, I mean, teams, they're not just going to, stop throwing the ball because um, you can't run the ball every single play of the game. Teams are going to have to throw. They're going to have to eventually throw his direction or at Xavier Howard. Um, they, and I think the numbers will go up because of that. I think they're going to... They, they'll probably be, in my opinion, top half of the league in interception numbers. I mean, I feel like the Baltimore Ravens kind of argue with your statement that you can't run the ball every down, <sighs> but it's an exception. Let's go this. Passes caught. So, like, when he's targeted, how many passes are caught? Let's go percent. He's been averaging 53% of his career. Will he drop that down to 50% catch rate? I think it'll stay around the same. Maybe maybe even go up just a little bit just because I think he'll get targeted more just because he's going to be playing opposite Xavier Howard. And it's not like, it's not like he's going to be that number one cornerback that doesn't get thrown to at all so i think the percentage may go up just a bit but i don't think a whole i think it'll stay around that same number Alrighty, and that's going to do it here for us on second and short in our new additions breakdown of cornerback byron jones or utility knife byron jones uh thank you guys for listening to us here thank you dolphin fans for coming on in if you guys like our if you guys like our content here please hit that subscribe button Stay tuned for more that we got going on. Click the notification bell to stay up to date on all second and short podcasts and content. Also, if you like our videos here, click that like button down below. Let's do better than other teams. I mean, we had the Oakland Raiders right now are our record holder for most views and most likes. Come on, Dolphins fans. You're better than the Raiders fans, aren't you? Maybe. I don't know. Sounds like a challenge to me. it It is a challenge. Leave us some comments down below. Get a hold of us on social media. Uh, we're on tons of different social media platforms, uh, such as. Check us out. We're on Facebook. We got Instagram, Twitter. 
Um, we're posting new updates, discussion points, things like that. We got a bunch of stuff going down everywhere. Hit us up in our DMs as well if anyone wants to get in contact. Yeah, we're always we're always interested in taking on uh, guest hosts that want to come on and talk about a specific subject or team or player. Uh, so if you are interested in doing some of that, hit us up. We got our email down there. Uh, we always respond to our fans. All right, thanks for listening, guys. You guys have a good night.